The following podcast is an enticing media production. She is a business owner, best-selling author, and on a mission to find out what the Nell is going on here. Here's your host, Nail Tice. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another new episode of the What the Nell podcast with yours truly, Nell Tice. I am really, really excited for this episode today because I had a guest on um, with me to talk about a very, uh, the topic of giving, let's just say that. Um, It's an incredibly important topic. I don't think it's often discussed uh, and it's not discussed enough. And we talk about what that means for different people and how to give and how we can give when we feel like we have nothing. And there's just, there's so many tangents that we could go off on. And, you know, we could have (laughs) probably recorded a part two, three, four, five, and so on. And, you know, maybe down the road we will. But I felt so honored, especially um, to be able to have had a conversation with Steve and uh, who is the guest Steve Trot, and the reason why I felt so honored is because after we <laughs> stopped recording the podcast, he told me that it was his first podcast he had ever done. And I was floored because he had received numerous, numerous requests to do podcasts in the past, and he always turned them down. And the fact that he chose mine and we talked about the subject was just like, I still don't have words. So Steve, I know you're listening to this. I can't thank you enough for doing this. And, you know, when we talk about giving, you gave, you talked about the story about why you decided to say yes to this podcast. And I, it was because I reached out um, in my Facebook group and I said I had a guest fall through for a week and I needed to I wanted to talk to somebody else and didn't have anything in mind didn't have a person in mind and Steve reached out and said you know what I let me know I let's record and we had talked about a couple of ideas in the past uh, on what we would discuss if he were ever to come on my podcast so you know when we when we stopped recording he said the reason I chose to do yours is because of the subject. It's giving. He saw somebody in need and he wanted to give me his time and his energy and this amazing time that we spent together discussing this topic. And so I am so grateful and uh, I will pay it forward and uh, help somebody else out in the same regard. So Thanks again, Steve, and uh, to our listeners. I am going to flip it over now to the actual discussion and interview and episode, and I hope you enjoy it. Let me know if you have any comments or feedback, um, anything that we could discuss in the future based on the topic of giving, and I'd love to hear from you. So you can find all of the information about Steve in the description to this episode below, all about his foundation. Um, which you'll hear about uh, in the upcoming episode. So thank you to our listeners. And here he is, Mr. Steve Trott. I am very excited to have my esteemed special guest today. Uh, He goes by the name Steve Trott. He is 
an owner of a company called MT Builders here in central Pennsylvania. And he is also the founder of the SLK Foundation, which does amazing things for children with rare diseases, uh, providing support wherever they can, and so much more. So without further ado, welcome, Steve. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Nell. That was quite an introduction to follow, so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try and do my best with that. <laughs> well, I hope I, I mentioned everything correctly and everything was, um, I mean, I feel like there's so much more to know about you. There, There is. Uh, father of nine, happily married for 18 years and a volunteer firefighter, first responder. So lots of, lots of wow. fun stuff in this world. You have nine children. I have nine. How, how do you have silence in your world right now? Uh, they are actually they are actually away. They are visiting my parents at their beach house for this for a few days this week. Oh, that's fun. That's a be a probably game. probably the only reason we could make this recording happen. <laughs> Understood. Understood. Well, I know that uh, you know we've been tossing around a couple of topics today to talk about, and one topic in particular that's very um, that means a lot to you is giving. The topic Absolutely. of giving. And I know that can mean so many different things to so many different people. And I, well, so, oh, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it, it, it does. It's intriguing because, you know, people hear that word and they misassociate it where they immediately think money. Yes. Everyone hears the word giving and they think money. Yes. They go to money because... The world, for some reason, the world today revolves around money when it doesn't necessarily need to. You know, giving could be your time. Giving could be services, product. It could be, there are worlds and worlds and worlds of giving out there that people don't realize and recognize how it can affect their business, their personal life, even their professional career, associates, colleagues, yeah. um, teamwork alone, you know, giving in the atmosphere of teamwork and colleagues working together on a project. I mean, it's too many people don't know enough about it. And yes. hopefully I think that's what we're going to talk about today. I agree. I agree. I, in preparation for this episode, I did a little light digging. I wanted to look up the actual definition of the word give. And when I looked it up, according to Miriam Webster, I give the definition of give is to make a present of which I thought was all encompassing considering when you actually Google the word, a different definition comes up and it has to do with money. Right. Which is right. exactly what you were just talking about. Right. So giving, I mean, it's specifically in small business, we always talk about giving back to the community mm -hmm. and the importance of doing that. And I think that a lot of times it's definitely misconceived as just writing a check. It is. It is. Too many people these days, you know, you get a, you get a letter, you get a service letter in the mail from your local volunteer fire company. Mm -hmm. And right away, it's like, you know, send us a subscription donation or something like that for the year. Thank you for your support. That's great. Mm -hmm. But your average neighborhood volunteer fire department has probably 60% staffing wow. and people don't realize where, you know, giving could be your time. You could volunteer your time on Saturdays for a fundraiser or, you know, yeah. you don't necessarily have to write them a check. And that goes for, 
I mean, it really goes for everything. Um, I agree. It's not, it's not money. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, you Google, everyone Googles, everyone, if they're looking for an answer in today, I mean, you could, you could do a whole episode on Google. Oh, you absolutely could. (laughs) You know, everyone today, they're asked a question. What do they do? They go to Google. Well, Google, Google is your 21st century answer. It is, it's modified, it's controlled, it's influenced. I mean, look at giving 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and compare it to giving today. You just hit the nail on the head. People are writing checks. They're like, I did my duty. I wrote a check. Mm -hmm. But did you really? Right. Did you have money to spare? Was it just sitting somewhere and you weren't using it? Did you really give? Did you give your time? Was your effort into that? Yes. Um, There's just so much to this that we're going to unravel it. It's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, I agree. You know, in in the spirit of writing the check and actually putting more behind that, you know, these days with Google and Venmo and PayPal (laughs) and all of these convenient features that we have been blessed with by the technological gods. Yeah. You know, hitting a button and saying, please donate to this cause by sending a text message. Did you ever watch the Super Bowl or a comparable program where there's a commercial playing and at the end of the commercial, it says text such and such number to give. Mm -hmm. And all you have to do is type in a series of numbers or go to find a profile in Venmo and just hit maybe two buttons and you're done. It's crazy. And people will commend themselves. I just donated, I gave, and it's, they'll put more energy behind commending themselves for giving than they actually put into the actual giving. Amen. And there, there's a term out there. I know you probably know all too well, but people live for this sense of self-gratification. Oh, yes. People, people run their lives based on feeling self-gratified. You know, they'll write a hundred dollar donation check and they will brag about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because you know what? Sometimes the best giving is the ones that are unnoticed. Absolutely. And unrecognized even, you know, yeah. or it's over and over and over and over again. This to affect someone's life, the way I think of giving, you want to positively influence someone's life to make it better in this moment than it was moments before. Mm -hmm. So whether you've given them money, whether you've given them something of goods or service, or heck, that could be dropping a meal off. That could be in so many ways, there are bigger impacts to something like that for a family in your neighborhood than it is for you to write them a check. Absolutely. Um, So it it goes a long way. Yes. Yes, it does. And I, you know, everyone in a position to receive these gifts, I'm sure is, is grateful for what they have and what they have the opportunity to have. However, what you've just just done, for instance, with the meal um, proposition, you've just saved that family time. You've yeah. saved them money, of course, but you've and you've saved them so much more than just depositing dollars into mm-hmm. an account. So, mm-hmm. and there's there's a lot of meaning behind that. I think there's a lot of human connection that happens when we give in that way, mm-hmm. um, in more than just writing the check. Um, you know, I, I and I think we'll get into this later on too when we get into the subject of giving so much 
of us and our time and our energy and money there's a line between giving and then being taken <laughs> advantage of <laughs> yeah when when the the famous when to say no exactly um, we are always overtasked with that idea and you know to back and you're right we will touch on that and i think the big piece of it is people often don't know when to say no there's a large the, the vast majority of everyone doesn't truly know when to say no yeah. They don't know when to differentiate what's correct in that moment. Mm -hmm. And then also we don't want to downplay those that can give monetarily exactly. over and over and over again, because it's important. So you have those people. Mm -hmm. And it brings me to a thought to where I listened to a speech given by a, a semi mentor of mine years ago, um, founder of Leg Up Farm here in Mount Wolf. Mm -hmm. And Louie Louis was a guest speaker in an SLK event. And he said to the group, he said, he, he founded a principle for himself that was always share your special gift. And he tried to build that into his model of life and say, okay, maybe I can share this way today, but I can share this way tomorrow in a different way the next day. And how that word share and give affects everyone in this world differently. Yes. Your form of giving is different than my form of giving. And maybe what we have to give is different. Right. And I think he kind of, he really pinpointed it by leaving it broad in that spectrum to allow people to recognize that everyone has a special gift. Everyone has a certain opportunity where they can impact someone else positively. Yes. It's up to that individual to recognize and give based on their means of what they can do. You're absolutely And right. for so many people, it could be just be money. For so many other people, it's, mm -hmm. there's other forms. Yes. And it, it's taken a few years, but I've really adopted that mentality to understand like this could be spending an extra 10 or 15 minutes with a client or a customer on a remodel project where they've gone through a hardship mm -hmm. and someone goes through a hardship that's leading them to remodeling their house because they've moved in a family member or they have to change something in the house. That that's a sensitive subject. Yeah. That could be an emotional matter. That could be, but I'm not, I'm not taking from them or I'm not adding anything to that, but that extra 15 or 20 minutes to allow them that time to share their occurrence or experience, yeah. or it, it's all giving and it yes. all falls into that category. Yes. And that can create a huge world of difference for your client, whomever needs to hear that yeah. or receive that extra 15 to 20 minutes that you're giving. 100%, 100%. And the people, you know, the people that come to expect it, you know, it's unfortunate, but there yes. are those people in the world, they come to expect it. And that's the line you were just talking about where mm -hmm. can we all be taken advantage of? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and sometimes there's organizations out there that unfortunately have that motto mm -hmm. that they will go after the same people over and over and over again, and they won't accept no for an answer. And they keep asking and asking and asking. Yes. But at that point, if you ask someone for something 10 times mm -hmm. and on the 11th time, they finally give it to you, mm -hmm. did they really give it to you? Right. Or did you just convince them mm -hmm. to settle? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I absolutely it, do. It's a huge piece. And I think that's what small business probably encounters the most of. I would, you know, hundred percent agree. You know, and I think it's, it's troubling. It's unfortunate, but the 21st century that we live in, the sense of community and the sense of people interaction mm 
that used to exist is no longer. No. And I think it's led people down that path. You're right. You're absolutely so. right. Speaking of small businesses, I have another tidbit to throw out here. So in my, <laughs> in my research, uh, according to score.org, small businesses donate 250% more than larger businesses to local nonprofits and community causes. I believe that's, that. That's a staggering number. It is. And I believe it. And I bet you, I bet you 90% of the time you could boil that down to red tape. Yeah. I bet you could boil that down to corporate red tape yeah. executives that are sitting in big cushy office somewhere that have all these different levels of management and different approval processes. Mm-hmm. You know, Hershey, we're in Pennsylvania. Everyone knows Hershey. I yeah. love Hershey to death, but you go ask Hershey, Hershey for a donation. Mm-hmm. And it is a totally different process mm-hmm. than walking down the street to a local business and having a conversation with either a vice president or a manager or whomever. Completely. Paperwork, red tape, you got a pre-approval, 90-day review process, right. needs a board vote, all these different things. And I bet you those figures would probably be the main reason. I would, I don't doubt that. And you know, the other thing is the ease of access. So if yeah. you're able to walk into a small business and go directly to the owner, the owner standing right there, I mean, you've cut out all of the middlemen. So there's no, there's no real chance for the request to get lost. It's not, you know, a message that was taken by a secretary to get to a manager, to get to the owner, you know, the whole process. So sure. there is definitely some ease there with access, but you're right with Hershey. There's so many different or larger, larger businesses. Yeah, there's definitely. so many different processes and not necessarily because they're not willing to donate, but just because that's the process. Yeah, it's a process. And the other big piece, it, it takes an effect of the person you're talking to. So yes. who from that company is actually doing the giving? In most cases, it's an owner, it's a manager, it's a president. Mm-hmm. They're doing the giving. So the larger the company, the less likely you are to talk to that person. Right, exactly. The smaller the company, like you just said, you're walking in the door, you have a lunch conversation with a local VP or a president or an owner. Mm-hmm. That person, you can connect with them. You can connect with them on a personal level. You might have something in the community that is a shared interest. Once that connection exists, you have um, a common bond to work off of. And I think people see donations and giving in lots of different ways, but it follows that connection. Yes. If you can connect with someone, a local electrician, they're more willing to do a service repair for someone else locally and maybe help them with the labor rates because they can donate some of their services, but they have to have that connection. They have to have that feel good. Agreed. Agreed. And I want to talk about something that this kind of hits personally for me. Um, I worked for a company that was not in the spirit of giving. (laughs) I didn't didn't know there was companies like that out there. (laughs) Oh, there's at least one. (laughs) <laughs> or no, was there, one. <laughs> there, there, there's at least 1 million, if not more, I'm sure. So, um, you know, being a small local business in the area that I'm in, uh, we had many requests for donations and uh, ways to give in the community. 
and which we always turned them down. Whenever someone would call, we would use the same phrase. It's just not in the budget this year. Right. Right. So <laughs> I want to talk about how this affects your business as a business owner. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you say this often enough, word starts to spread in a local community. I mean, we're talking about donating to a local school basketball team. We're talking sure. about donating to our police department to sponsor a, a small event. We're not talking about huge amounts of money here. We're talking about even sending an associate to that event to hand out samples, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. That And that employee could donate their time. It wouldn't have to necessarily be a paid activity through the company. But when people start hearing word about this, you know, that creates, that generates a thought process within the community. Well, maybe I'm not going to go support that business because they continue to say no to our other local businesses. They're not supporting the community. And when you continue to give, it's not just, it's not all just marketing. I want to make that very clear. But when you continue to give in the community and participate as often as you possibly can, people see that in the same sense and say, well, I really want to support this business because they're doing all they can. Absolutely. It's huge. It's, you know, there's two main segments to that. You have the name of the company Mm -hmm. and you have the individuals that are making the choice. So you have people that do it personally, but they do it as a representative of their company. So Mm -hmm. it's twofold. Right. So the, the person themselves is gaining um, <clears throat> maybe a, an, it's an esteemed recognition without asking for it, but they're also doing it for their company. Um, it's kind of a, it's a tough spot for me because as you mentioned at the introduction, I'm also founder and president of my own nonprofit. Yes. So it's like, do I give? Yes, I give. But the majority of what I give is in my time. Exactly. I give my time to the community. I give my time to the parks and recs department with my township, um, the fire department, different things that I choose to involve myself and my family in. That's primarily how I give. Yes. And then financially, monetarily, I give to an organization that I'm already trying to operate. Right. So it's definitely different scenarios out there for lots of different people, but that recognition and how it affects the business owner is 100% exactly how you described it. Because if you say no enough, Mm -hmm. that business will eventually have that associated with their name. You see it with banks. Yes. And an easy consideration is banks. Large banks don't tend to donate on the local level. Mm -hmm. They sometimes do projects, but your small, more community knit banks, credit unions, people that are plugged in people. When you walk in that bank and you know, the bank manager on a first name basis, because they've been in your community for 15 years, those relationships mean everything. Absolutely. And you will see, you will see that follow suit with how they support people in their community. Yes. Um, And what are banks tied tied with money? How about it? (laughs) <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's interesting because some banks feel like you're always asking them for a monetary donation. But if a bank was to send two or three employees out on a Saturday to an event or a fundraiser at a local organization, mm-hmm. 
I mean, what an impact that could have. What's the hardest thing in the world to do right now? Find volunteers right. for anything. You, yes. It's impossible to find volunteers. So yes. a company could offer their employees or a few individuals in a little bit of time. And before you know it, they've given to their community. They've given to an event. And, you know, it, it, it just helps. It's not, it doesn't always have to be money. Yes. And it's interesting how, you know, you mentioned how there are companies out there that are not in the spirit of giving. There are far more companies out there that are not in the spirit of giving than there are in the spirit of giving. And finding those good ones is hard. Yeah. Because, I mean, the amount of businesses that are in today's world compared to even years ago. Yes. You know, every time we go through a economic crisis, what happens? The majority of people start their own businesses. Yeah. You know, they're part of corporate shutdowns. They're part of corporate layoffs. Probably 50 to 70% of those employees decide, you know what, I'm going to go do something, but I'm going to do it for me. I'm going to start my own business. Right. There is so much around. Yes. Um, I get, you know, one, one odd way to not to segregate realtors, but we could pick on realtors for a second. Yeah. I mean, look at how many realtors there are in the world, oh my just gosh. in our own communities. Yes. Do they compete with each other? There's realtors that are probably neighbors with each other, <laughs> you know, and they're, they're competing for business potentially in their own neighborhood. Yeah. So how would, how would a real estate firm or a broker set themselves apart? Yeah. What are they going to do? They're going to put their name on something. They're going to give, they're going to, look at different opportunities to give back, set themselves apart so that the positive influence comes back from their community and identifies them as a person people want to work with. Yes. And I think that's the influence that we see from people that give, that people that are willing to go the extra mile. A hundred percent. And speaking of that, um, this brings to mind a particular uh, organization that was developed uh, during the pandemic. Um, I don't know if you personally are familiar with a business from out of Baltimore called Jimmy's Famous Seafood. They are a uh, restaurant that has been in existence since the 1970s. Okay. They they have amazing food. If you haven't been, you need to go. (laughs) But (laughs) this is the really cool part that this is what really opened my eyes to small business and giving. So during the pandemic, of course, everybody was experiencing uh, shutdowns and things like that. So obviously employees were being either laid off or let go. So the owner, uh, John Minadakis of Jimmy's Famous Seafood, developed what is known as the Famous Fund. Uh, It was an idea that was spawned off of what Barstool Sports, I think, did of the the Barstool Fund. So what he did was he created this fund that was originally uh, meant to help small bars, restaurants, and entertainment venues in the Baltimore area um, during the pandemic, help them stay afloat. So that was the original intent behind it. Now it has developed into something so much more. Uh, awesome. They they Toys for Tots, uh, Show Your Soft Side, just to name a couple of the partnerships sure. that they have. But, you know, that just really is, it's representative of taking something and getting creative 
and figuring out a way to help people through something that is so mind-blowingly never even was a thought, you know, Mm -hmm. just a creative way to help give back and, and yeah, just help people. And, you know, it's just that type of creativity and that type of, um, yeah, it, it just amazed me. I agree. I agree. It's a really cool story and I haven't heard of it. So I'm definitely going to check it out. And it, yeah. it brings to mind, we were just talking about real estate mm-hmm. and in our own backyard. And you've probably heard of Life Changes Realty Group. Yes. So it's such a wild, amazing thing. As I met two individuals that work for that brokerage, mm-hmm. they will give and give back in the honor of their customers, their clients. Yeah. So they basically have created within the structure of their company that on every standing commission that the brokerage collects on, they will earmark a percentage of that 10% if they can, they will allow the client and customer to make the choice of where it's donated. And then life changes realty will actually make the donation on the customer's behalf. So what have they done? They've created this huge amazing thing for life changes realty group because people are identifying that with giving Mm -hmm. but now they've increased the the feel goods for the clients that are like wow i'm just doing business i need to sell my house i sell my house but now i'm also able to give and through that business transaction they're able to give and that like you just shared with jimmy's famous seafood it's it's such a unique thing yes. that it empowers everyone to feel good. Yes. Yeah. You've done business, business is done. You've signed your paper and now there's this feel good waiting for you at the end yeah. that you're going to pick. I like this charity organization. Let's earmark the donation for this, this company. Exactly. I mean, it's such a cool thing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just, it's very inspiring. Um, it's good to hear stories about that type of thing. Now it's a shame we don't have, it's a shame there's not more stories like that. I know, I know. I, you know, and there could be, we just may not hear about them. We, we don't know them. We don't know them all. <laughs> That's just it. There's a lot of yeah. life to live yet. So, you know, if anybody listening out there has a foundation that was created somehow, you know, this during this creative process and you've got something that you want to share, let us know. You know, drop right. us a line. Um, so, I want to hear more about your foundation, the SLK Foundation. You know, how did this come to be? What are you currently doing? You know, what anything anything coming up that we need to know? Absolutely. About? Uh, well, it's exciting, and many people within my circle know that I'm one that loves to talk. So I will. Uh, I won't take the next two to three hours to tell you the story. I'll do it in the next five or ten minutes. But my, my nephew, Sean Kizunik, he was born. He's now, um, he's 11. He'll, mm-hmm. he'll be 12. And um, he, he was born with a rare disease called MPS2, Hunter syndrome. Okay. And it's still a touching, it can still be a touching thing to talk about at times. Because right. it's, it's a story that being a rare disease, it's not a story you get to share often. Mm-hmm. And that led to a string of events that landed the idea of this SLK foundation. So early on in life, I want to say at the age of three, um, he was basically diagnosed and we'll call it diagnosed because 
through a series of elimination of things because the first couple years of his life, once it was identified that maybe something was going on, right. it turned into, okay, now we need to figure out what it is. Right. And when you're in that situation with a child, then you need to figure out, well, who, who, what kind of doctor is going to be able to even tell me what, what's going on. Right. So the simple process, all of these other things start to get eliminated and you spend years and years not getting answers, not figuring things out or finding out what you need to know. Sure. He ends up with a visit um, with the local pediatric group that out of the blue says, wait a minute, this looks like this could be this. And at that time, there were only 573 children in the country diagnosed with Hunter syndrome. Hunter syndrome at that time was less than 100 years old. Wow. Um, very rare. So this doctor, through the process of elimination, probably spent countless hours thinking about it, different things, and then just on a whim said, wait a minute, maybe. Let's call this doctor in North Carolina. Let's set up a time for you to drive down there and get this checked out because this Dr. Munzer in North Carolina was the specific doctor that was handling the majority of case studies for Hunter syndrome wow. for MPS. Okay. So the family quick saw the identification that what needed to happen and be like, okay, we've got to get to see this doctor. Right. So some time goes by, they get down there, they go through the process. Yes. They get a, they get a diagnosis. He's got Hunter syndrome, MPS two. Um, the uniqueness and the rarity of it is only occurs in boys. Oh, skips okay. a gener MPS two does not occur in females. Skips a generation. Mm -hmm. The females can be the carriers, so you can carry it as a mother and pass it on to your boys in wow. children, but not your girls. Okay. And then your girls could be a carrier to their children. Um, very unique, very rare. Yeah. Wow. So, for me, I'm an uncle. Didn't live under the same roof. Um, yes, being a family member, you're connected, but you you know that feeling when you're not, it when it's not under your roof, it's still different. Right, right. You know, so for me, that was it. It was like, what can I do? What yeah. can my family create? What can me and my wife come together on and mm -hmm. say, what, what can we do to teach more people about this? Or what can we do to help Sean? Right. So originally... You know, it's a brainstorming effort. You know, the first thing you always think of, hey, let's start a foundation. Wow, awesome idea. What's the very next thing you think of? I need a name. I need a name. What are we going to call it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what are we, what are we going to do? What are we going to call it? So SLK stands for Sean Lewis Kizlnicki. Um, And oh, the wow. irony within that was it was simple. People can remember it. It's not hard. And there will never be a time forever that that name does not associate or recognize his name oh, as wow. what it was originally intended for. Right. You know, you have so many organizations out there that will grab and, and run with a name and that's great, but we will never lose sight of how it got started. Right. Um, right. Always know where you then, come from. Exactly. Know yeah. where you come from, know what you've done. What was your original intent? Yeah. And we knew early on, my wife and I, um, while it was both 
it's interesting because there were just as many struggles as there were feel goods, as you can imagine. I'm sure. You know, it, it tests your marriage, it tests your family relationships with different things, but we start to unravel and see what this looks like. And we wanted to raise money and raise awareness. Mm -hmm. And we started out with the idea that we wanted to positively impact Sean and the family's life. Right. We go back to our topic of this podcast and giving, and we start to think, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why in the world would I only do this for just this one reason? Right. Why would we not encompass this to all these other children out there that are dealing with the rare diagnosis? They're falling through the cracks. The insurance company says no. Their parents are traveling four days a week to hospitals for treatment. They're not getting reimbursed. You know, yes, there's state medical systems and all these things that help pay for things, but so many things are not paid for because these children are rare. Yes. They don't fall into the big category. So at that point I was prepared and understood that there was a bigger, there was a bigger mission to be had. There was, Mm -hmm. let's look at what this starts to take on with additional kids, additional families, you know, it could just be family support. It could be raising awareness. Maybe it's financial. Right. Um, And we do a lot of really fun things, but it's, it's organic and it's, and it's small. And I think for me and many of my board members, that is what's most important Mm -hmm. because we are doing things in the spirit of giving Mm -hmm. and we are positively impacting these families' lives in ways that these bigger organizations cannot. Right. Right. It's gas money. It's food money. It's, Mm -hmm. it's care packages at the hospital. You know, there's no insurance company sending you a fruit basket. If there is, it hooks up. (laughs) Right. You know, yes. Will they pay for a $3,000 medical bed? Yes, they will. Yeah. But they won't pay for a second high chair because you need to have one in two different rooms because your child is not mobile. Like there are so many little things that affect these families once they have a child with a rare diagnosis that the insurance companies won't recognize. And we've tried to fill that gap. We're we're very young. We just celebrated our sixth birthday. Congratulations. Um, Yeah, thank you for that. But we are growing, we're learning, we're dealing with what I call growing pains. We're starting to expand. Um, Our team has grown and we're trying to do some more in the community. We've got some fun events coming up, which are exciting, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, But in the spirit of giving, we, we are founded on love of family and service to others. And every decision we make, if it doesn't fall into that category, we don't need to be a part of it. Yeah. We're not, you know, we're going to help someone with an insurance company with a medical purchase. Right. But it's you're giving based on your core values. Exactly. Exactly. And how many people do we know? There's one that comes to mind. How many people do we know that love to talk about core values? (laughs) I don't know. I can't think of anyone. (laughs) Right. But you know, when you stick to that, it's important and people will start to recognize that from you. And it's, it's the simple things, you know, we, uh, we do a fundraiser every spring, give local York, whatever we raise from that, we take that money and we distribute it evenly amongst all the children that we support. Mm-hmm. And some of the families now, because it's happened a few years in a row, they've come to know that something's coming their way, but there's nothing better 
than when they open that envelope in the mail and see something that they did not expect yeah. or did not know was showing up and what right. it was going to be. Yeah. That goes a long way. Absolutely. It does. That's amazing. I, you know, I, I have to commend you for, I mean, putting together a foundation sounds daunting. Don't even, oh, don't least. even ask. I, <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're not going to get into the depths of, uh, you know, all of the legalities and, and paperwork, I'm sure that's involved there. But, um, you know, I want to touch on something that just kind of popped into my head. You know, we're talking about, um, you know, donating money versus time and, and mm-hmm. events and things like that. So often, I think that giving only comes into perspective when one has been financially successful that it's not even a thought um, before that happens. Uh, Case in point, I know that we know a couple of mutual people um, and someone had posted, I, I, the Facebook groups are running together now, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm in a Facebook group where someone had mentioned that they have a podcast and they would like to have someone on uh, to talk about their story and such. And they, this podcast would donate to a particular charity that a local charity that the guest um, or um, I think, or they wouldn't know, I'm sorry, the podcast wanted to donate to the person, the guest and their cause that they're promoting. And uh, I was recommended to be on the podcast and I'm not in the local community that this podcast is in and so i politely declined um because i'm just not they were looking for lancaster lancaster i'm working on saying that properly by the way (laughs) you know what everyone says it different you know Um, Um, what you can say is you're on that side of the river that's right yes i'm on that side of the river um and i'm not in that community. So I'm just not sure if it was a fit, but then I got to thinking because my first instinct was my business isn't at the point where I'm ready to give yet. And then I thought about it and I thought, no, 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 no. that's not true. That's not true at all. My business is not financially able to give, but my business is able to give. Absolutely. So, you know, that I'm glad that that conversation happened because that really opened my eyes to how I was perceiving giving at that point. Sure. And how I can still help. You know, I, um, unfortunately the timing didn't work out, uh, last year, Lebanon, I'm in the Lebanon community in Lebanon, PA, and we had our first pride event last year. And there were opportunities to help and, and things like that. And I ended up not being in town, but, you know, however I could have helped if they needed to have some furniture donated for a time, a period of time or food made or things like that, you know, th- those are just ways to think of to help mm-hmm. if you haven't experienced financial success. And I just wanted to clear that up, that giving doesn't have to just be thought of when you've been absolutely financially successful. Absolutely. It's huge. It's, and again, it's, you know, it could be materials. It could be services, product, byproducts of your business. It could even be a connection from you to another colleague that you are assisting someone with bridging the gap on something. What have you done? You've, you've given your time. Yes. You've given your time and attention to a certain person for a certain reason. Mm -hmm. At that point, it all, it all fits. It all fits. And it's all important. 
And I think that's the one thing that we can fall back on and say, that's what's being lost in this world. Mm-hmm. If you look at today, you know, do we have some amazing humanitarians out there? Yes, we do. Oh, of course. But, you know, times of the past and traditional sense of family, traditional sense of faith mm-hmm. and being a, an amazing humanitarian is great. Mm-hmm. However, if you're just writing checks because you can, yeah. it, it doesn't necessarily make you any better or more recognizable yeah. than someone that's willing to go the extra mile and put time and effort and services or something like that in place. Right. right. 100%. What does, you know, what does the 1% of, you know, there are 1% of the world out there in terms of business owners that are willing to recognize and admit that we honestly learn something new every day. Yes. That's huge. I mean, yes. you could spend podcast after podcast after podcast just talking about that alone. Absolutely. But like you just shared your personal story and thousands of other stories that we can share where we truly learn something new yeah. every day. Yeah. That could be from a customer interaction. That could be stopping to help someone with a flat tire on the road. Yes. Are you going to be late for work? Yeah. You know what? You're going to be late for work, mm-hmm. but do you feel better that you helped the person Yeah. and you're going to deal with the person at work that says, Hey, look, if, if your boss was the one with the flat tire, uh-huh. would they want you to stop? Right. 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 Exactly. Right. Exactly. But how, but how many people show up to work? They're a few minutes late because they had a problem. But if they stop to help someone, they will work themselves through that situation because they're giving of themselves. They're helping someone else. It will come back. Yes. Now, if they're late to work because they oversleep, hey, <laughs> sorry. You know, these things happen. I They happen. They happen. The other morning, I forgot to set my alarm. But you know what happened? I, I woke up an hour before the alarm went off and it, I realized that I forgot to set it. Right. Your internal, of, your internal clock went off. Yes. Yeah. There was that little something in the back of my head that said, you didn't set your alarm last night. You're supposed to. It happens. It's, yes. it's definitely, a, it's a huge topic. It's a, it's a topic that could be forever div, dove into much deeper. And yes. I would encourage, I would encourage that for anyone listening, you know, yeah. look up some basic definitions, look up some opportunities to say what really is out there. Yes. Can I, what can I do in my own community that will make a difference? Yes. I, I don't care if you're cutting the neighbor's grass when they're on vacation, do yeah. something. Yes. It, it will come back to you. Yes. And um, that's the other thing. It doesn't necessarily, we're not talking about giving just to charitable organizations right. or foundations. Right. It literally is somebody, you know, walking down the street, seeing <laughs> that somebody is struggling to pick up their newspaper in the morning. Do people still get newspapers? You know what? A small percentage. Yeah. Um, I, I think people were getting in the habit of uh, reading everything on social, but now you have to pay for the news on social. So. That's right. So you may as well just get the newspaper. <laughs> I think I think it depends what year you were born. If you were yes. born before or after a certain year, that probably means whether or not you get a newspaper. Yes, I agree. But if you're if you happen to be walking the dog out in the morning, you know, and you see. A, a neighbor that's struggling to bend over just to pick up the paper, go run over and pick the paper up and hand it to them. You know, just something 100%. so incredibly simple. And sometimes the word giving and the spirit of it can be so overthought. Right. 
sure. It, it, it's interesting. I was at a 50th. I won't divulge in the name because the person listening might not be happy, but <laughs> I was at a, I was at a 50th birthday party the other weekend. And uh, I was, my 11 year old son was standing next to me. It's my oldest boy. My two older girls are older. And I'm, I'm watching this um, kind lady walk out of the house with a huge cooler of ice water that she must have just taken inside and was carrying back out to the garage. Yeah. And I looked at my son on the hill and I said, hey, go help her carry that. Oh. And he looked at me and he's like, really, dad? I don't even know that person. I'm like, I don't care. Uh-huh. Go help her carry that the rest of the way to the garage. Yeah. And supervising that watching I didn't have to say anything else he went and did it he he took it wasn't I wouldn't have been mad at him if he truly would have felt uncomfortable Mm -hmm. but he's bold enough that he knew he could do it yeah he was comfortable Mm -hmm. he went and did it but the interaction that they shared at that moment when this 11 year old boy shows up and grabs this cooler didn't necessarily even ask Mm -hmm. just grabbed it from her Mm -hmm. because I knew and I could see that she had trouble carrying it yeah. The impact and difference that that made yes. will be a lasting memory for each of them. Number yes. one, my son will hopefully be more forward with mm-hmm. approaching someone that he wants to help. Mm-hmm. And she will remember that moment as well. Yes. And I think there's, there's a phrase I say to people all the time, sometimes joking and sometimes serious, but what's the one thing? And we'll see, I'll give you, I'll give you three quick guesses. For oh, fun. Boy, we'll have a little spot. fun here now. <laughs> so what, what's one thing the world needs more of? What's one thing today that you can say the world needs more of? Oh, wow. It's hard to narrow it down. That's a hard question. That's a really hard question. But there's 1 million right answers. You're right. There <laughs> but are. The, the biggest of all, and I say that to people, and I've posed this question before, but the one right answer for me that's above all the others mm. is good people. The world needs more good people. Yeah. And if we can fall into the category of being a good person, whether it's faith, family, neighborly, whatever that is, mm-hmm. what have we done to impact the world we live in? You're right. And if that number continues to grow, then we know we're going the right direction. Yes. Yes. You're absolutely right. And it's, it's interesting to sit and think about that. It is. The world just needs more good people. It absolutely is. You know, I, ideas keep popping into my head and I feel like we could just literally go on forever about this. I, I really do. You know, I just, something as simple as, uh, the way that we're so incredibly connected technology wise these days, you know, some, everybody's got the earbuds in we've, we're buried in our phones. You know, if you're not observing what's going on around you, I'm, you know, say you and your son were out for that walk and, you know, both of you were buried in your phones. You never would have saw, you never would have seen the woman. I not even seen it. Sure. Yeah. So the and way how many that... times, right. I'm guilty of it. I've been there. I'm a business owner. Yeah. Uh, remodeling company with my business partner. We have an employee. We're busy. It's yeah. that time of year. I'm guilty. Weekends. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm sitting somewhere. Maybe I'm at my own dining room table with my yeah. family and I catch myself or my wife says, hey, you're looking <laughs> at your phone again. And it's okay because we're guilty of it. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not meant as a bad guilt because no. we care. 
right. we're looking at our work because we care. We want to keep track of things. We want to keep things flowing. We want to keep things moving. Yes. But at the same time, we need to disconnect. Yes. Disconnect. Yes. Observe what's around us. Be a part of what's going on around us. Connect I agree. I have always used some, in some form or fashion, the term, we need to disconnect in order to connect. How many times have you walked into a restaurant and saw a family of four or five sitting at a table and at least over 50% of them are looking at their phones? Yeah. I've watched people have a conversation at a dinner table together over their phones. (sighs) They will text someone sitting at the same table. I'm like, was that necessary? (laughs) Uh, Exactly. Was it just just for fun or are we just living in the age of, you know? Yeah. Are we making fun of the person you're sitting next to and you don't want to say right. it out loud? And yeah. Right. <laughs> and and, it, and when, when the day is over, why are we there? Exactly. You know, why, are we really there for that reason? Yeah. Are we there for time. the right reasons? Mm-hmm. Um, technology, as we learned today, I think we tried to talk earlier today and I didn't have internet. Comcast <laughs> had, a, had a local outage. So it's Thanks, like, Comcast. You know what? I think because of that and how it happened, I think Comcast should donate. Somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Why don't you, why don't you work on that and uh, let me know how you make out? I'll, I'll let you know how successful I am in a, in a um, long time. You know, but, but here we are. And where I was headed with that is technology these days can be such a double-edged sword. Yes. And it's like, there are so many positives to come from it, but yet there are so many negatives. I agree. And it, it can, there that's an episode all by itself now (laughs) you have you realize how many sub episodes we have going right now (laughs) you know what i'm i'm not that old so we can schedule something every couple months yes we're gonna have giving uh part one two three four five so stay tuned for that (laughs) it's it's definitely it's an important topic and i think you know we both shared two interesting examples in our communities that we have seen or been a part of and that might be a really cool thing to to take one of those examples, maybe bring someone into the loop a couple yeah. months down the road and actually expand this very conversation and let them share. Yeah. Let them share something specific that they've been a part of. I would love that. And that's that, an, that'd that's be really a, fun. Yeah, it absolutely would be. I think that at this point we have to find a place to cut it off somewhere because we could just go on and on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I completely agree. I completely agree. Oh, no, it's been good. I appreciate it. I, you know, I really appreciated this and you know, we, the two of us hadn't had a conversation um, without anyone else being on the zoom call. So I appreciate you spending the time and giving your time and your energy to me for this almost an hour, I think. <laughs> well, having, having the invite was everything. And I appreciate the opportunity. And I think, you know, one thing to leave everyone with is yes. we learned a couple key things today. It's like, number one, the world needs more good people. Yes. And what are we doing at the end of the day? We need to share. Yeah. We need to share something of ourselves. Yes. I, it doesn't matter what it is. Give and share. Mm-hmm. Let people know who you are. Yeah. Do it for the right reasons. Don't do it to see your name on a sign. Don't do it to see, to catch a billboard or whatever. Right. Do it for the right reasons and it will come back tenfold. And as you know, as a business owner, I know as a business owner, we have earned clients over the years Mm -hmm. that have come to empty builders for services Mm -hmm. just because they've associated myself with what Mm -hmm. we've done locally with the nonprofit. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So it's like those people will keep coming back. So to all those business owners out there that are going to listen to this and reach out to you in the future, they just need to recognize that if they can get themselves to do it and give and give of themselves, it will come back to them. Yes. Yes. It will definitely come back. So Mm -hmm. it's been a pleasure. I look forward to the next time we get to talk. I do too. It's going to be good. Yes, it is definitely. Absolutely. I can't wait for this episode to come out. Um, Thank you, Steve, for for being here. And thank you to all of our listeners. And I hope that this this episode truly inspires you for all the right reasons, the reasons that Steve just mentioned. And yes, we are definitely going to have a follow up on this down the road. That'd be awesome. And I know, I know, depending on when that is, but I'm going to send you some information that you can put out there and share Yes, with a, a couple of local events we have coming up for yes. the foundation, because I'm Absolutely. sure there's plenty of locals that are going to tune in. Oh yes. And, uh, I'm, we'll get... I'm sure about that. So yeah. that's so great. I... Well, I really appreciate it. Yes, of course. I will link all of that information uh, in the description to this episode. Um, so, and this episode can be found uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts. So awesome. Thanks, Steve, and thank you so much to all of our listeners. Until next time, we'll see you next week. 